Hey, listener, are you happy with your current chicken wings? Do you wish you had something a little saucier? If you answered yes, then it might be time for you to break up with your old chicken wings and get a new honey. Lemon pepper wing from Popeye's. Share the wings with your friends so they can see it's time to move on, too. Head to Popeye's and get six-piece honey lemon pepper wings for $5.99. At participating U.S. restaurants, price may vary. Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast, the Masters class. And we're here with our masters, Tommy Dreamer, Mark Henry. Gentlemen, how are you today? Awesome, Dave. Absolutely wonderful. Tommy? Me too. I'm feeling great. Yes. All right. We got a great topic. Looking good, Tommy. You're looking good. It's the Hollywood John Tatum shirt I'm wearing. Yes, I, I think so. And I think it's uh, I think you do look I think you both look very, very handsome. Don't forget, you can listen to Busted Open Monday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to noon Eastern time on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. But every Sunday. This master's class drops myself, Tommy, Mark, and Bully, and we have a really, really good topic coming off the heels of last week's conversation when we were talking about under and better recognized men, male wrestlers. Now we're talking about underutilized female wrestlers in the world of women's wrestling. So, Mark, we will start with you. Who in the world of women's wrestling is being underutilized right now? Well, Dave, I only have to I only get to pick one. Mm-hmm. But I was saying before that I thought that I would love to see Thunder Rosa have a run at being the champion at AEW or anywhere else, being that the forbidden door is open. Um, my my other thoughts were uh, someone that I'm a fan of their work, um, and that's Roxy. I'd love to see her. Uh, get a major run at one of the major companies. And I think that she would also be unbelievable, but I have to go with Serena D. Uh, Serena D for, you know, roughly six to eight years of her career, she spent her time training people on how to be who she is. And she, though, during that time, she was not on television doing it. Yeah. And when she uh, when she left WWE and was hired by AEW and took over the the same duties, she also got to get in the ring and and you see the matches that she has with the other women is light years, light years above anything that they've ever been in the ring with. Why should she not? get a shot why should she not be one of those that we go well i mean technically and philosophically she's better but 
the status quo of being not being the young hot chick in pro wrestling is 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 defeating her. Her talent is well beyond. I feel like anything, anybody that she's been in the ring with, there's no wrestler, male or female at AEW that has a better gear change than she does. Brian Danielson, maybe he's there. He's when you're the best in a whole entire company at something and you can't hold the strap. I have to say she's underutilized. I've known uh, Deeb since, man, she just started in OVW and, like, you know, tried super duper hard to get her a contract. I was so proud of her once she got a contract. And then, yes, she didn't have a run there. And then it's funny, the same people I always say that are holding you back are the same ones that are putting you over. So she didn't get a run, but yet she was good enough to be a trainer and train the next generation. And I also say that about a Sarah Stock, about a uh, yeah. Sarah Del Rey, all these women, you know, and Sarah Stock, I mean, literally Sarah Stock would call the office like once a month, tell me where she was. And, you know, they didn't hire her as a talent, but yet you're good enough to train the next generation, but we didn't believe in you. And, and I never, ever got that because all three of those women were so, so good. And I'm very, very happy that uh, Deebs gets that shot right now. And I always, if this was my company, if I was running, I would, I want my trainers on TV. I want them because the younger talent's going to push them as well as like, I'm trying to get my own as, I mean, look at, look at the greatness. And, and you know this, cause you've been in the ring with, with fit. Fit was a oh. producer in the WWE as well as he knew the business. He knew the business at hand and he would go, and yes, he was getting a push, but he was also knew his role because he was a producer and there was, there was no better, but, and Deebs is one of them. Uh, she is not only one of them, Tony, Tom, Tommy, she is probably the best trainer to get in the ring other than gold dust and fit. I think in the last maybe five to 10 years, just looking at funny. the, the matches that she look at the match she had with Rio. Yeah. Look at the match she had with Sheeta. Look at the matches she had with Britt Baker. Look at the matches that she had with all of these younger people who don't have the experience of the elite women. She had a she had a match, the, the match she had with Nyla Rose. Hell, I I, I thought it was gonna break out into a fist fight. The hell with wrestling. They man, I thought they was gonna square up and throw hands. It, it, she brings a level of emotion in pro wrestling that's sorely desired. She makes me want to be back in the ring. When I see somebody kick, if she gives somebody something and they kick out of it, it's like, what in the hell did you just do? And she turns it up another level. That's, it's, Brian Danson is the only person that came to my mind that that remotely does that. That's crazy. And, and here, and here's the other thing too, Tommy. And I didn't mean to interrupt you, but like nope. you know, Mark was talking about youth and age. Um, Overrated. I, 
Yeah, and I think I, I agree with you. But when you look at Serena Deeb, you know, and she was a part of punk straight edge society, and then she was let go, and then she went back out on the indie scene and made her name again, and then she got hired back by the WWE in I think 2017. All right, when she was hired back by the WWE in 2017, she was 30 years old. That's still young. I mean, Serena Deeb is 35 years old. You're not talking about somebody who's 45, 50 years old. She's 35. You know how old Charlotte Flair is? 35. Like, you're not, you know, to me, like, that's all those years that we could have seen Serena Deeb on your TV, you know, main eventing pay-per-views against the likes of Sasha and Bailey and Charlotte Flair. You know, I agree with you, Mark. Like, when you look at what could have been with Serena Deeb, we could be talking about her the way that we're talking about a Charlotte, a Sasha, a Bailey. A Becky. Yep, a Becky. Yep. What about you, Tommy? Um, my pick, or are we still talking about Deebs? Well, I wanted to say about Deebs too, and and it's funny that Mark picked her because you talk about trainers, and she's a trainer, but also where did she learn? Kind of the same place Mark had learned, Rip and Danny Davis. Rip Rogers. And it's like that tree that continues to like branch out. And it's the, it's the, the work ethic that she was taught that she's ingrained in others. So I I just think that's really, really, I love all that. I really do. And you you know how much I love busted open. I I don't just work here. I I listen to the the shows and I listened to the show uh, this week with you had Mickey James on uh, you and Dave. And you spoke to her about her time in OVW when her and Dolph Ziggler first came in and you were their boss. I remember the four hour training sessions. You would go and train in the morning from eight to 10. Then you would leave and then you would come back at one o'clock and train for another three hours. And there were times where we had garbage cans on all four sides of the <laughs> ring for puke and the garbage cans were for puke because if you don't throw up, you are not working hard enough. And Rip was going to come over there and kick you in the ass. And I watched Serena D her from a first day. Dolph Ziggler first day, Randy Orton first day, Shelton Brock. Scotty Sabre, BJ Payne, you name them. I was there that first day. And I got in the ring with them, but I I sweated and bled with them too. And Serena D was one that I thought should have gotten more. And it took way too long for her to get on, but she's on now. And why not have her be? one of the stalwarts of this company at AEW. I I agree, Mark. I I think it's a phenomenal pick, and it's amazing because Tommy and I, like you said, we're talking to Mickey James and Rip Rogers. I mean, it's somebody that we got to get back on the show because, you know, Rip Rogers with you and with Mickey and with Deanna Perrazzo and Serena Deeb, you know, he's somebody that definitely needs to be recognized. All right, Tommy, who's your He's like Belichick. He's like Belichick. There, you you think about the tree 
that the fruit that were bared from the Rip Rogers tree is equal to any other wrestling trainer that's ever trained anybody. And probably, possibly more. (laughs) He got Brock Lesnar and Randy Orton. He got like 10 Hall of Famers. 10. Crazy. 10. And Mickey James is going to be one one day. Dolph Ziggler is going to be one one day. There's people that their careers are not finished yet. There's still another eight probably that's out there that'll be in the Hall of Fame one day. That's absolutely nuts. Awesome. Awesome. We got to get Rip on. Yeah. Tommy? All right. I kind of, as you know, I went back and I was really, really thinking about this and then one name kept on coming back to me and it's, it's not a current superstar or a current wrestler. And and when I tell you, like, I hate when wrestling repeats itself in its history and it's when they repeat themselves with mistakes right away. I was first thinking Naomi, I was thinking Natty. I was thinking Rhea Ripley. I was thinking all these wrestlers, these women that have, have it all and yet are still not being pushed to the best of their ability, the face of the company. Um, We have spent on this show hours talking about what the hell about Rhea Ripley. And then it went back to, for me, somebody's entire career has been underappreciated. And why I say it is current, but this person is from past. I'm blessed to have given opportunity, found people out of nowhere and got them hired for for their first jobs. And I think about, I don't want to say my greatest, but my greatest accomplishments, Lita, Beth Phoenix, and they are in that, you know, people's Mount Rushmore's, they're Hall of Famers. They're brought back at all these different times. But there's one other person that I found and never, ever, still to this day, gets the the appreciation or the flowers. And that's jazz. And (laughs) why are you laughing? I knew it. It's the truth. You think about the the woman's Royal Rumble. How come jazz hasn't been asked to come back to it? Uh, And and I just jazz was so ahead of her time in ECW. She was young and green, but still was hanging with this insane group of people. And we've told parts of the story. We love her on this show. And then she goes to the WWE and literally is told like she wrestles like a guy and that hurt her. And yes, she was the champion, but never pushed to that next level where you see all the women now. And to the point of when the business, you know, she gets let go, she's not picked up by TNA. And what does she become? She becomes a parole officer. Why? Because she's got to feed her family. She's also has, you know, um, she has twins. She built her body back and she made, you know, she became the NWA champion, but the NWA wasn't really a thing. And she's literally just doing independent wrestling in her prime. And then like, how come she hasn't been asked to to be in a rumble? And, And even my, my biggest, like, I brought her back to impact wrestling and she was like, I don't know, dream my knees, all this stuff. And I went back out there and like, I wanted to, there was uh, so many moments I wanted to cry because I look at this great athlete and I know her knees aren't good, 
but she's still out there and she's, she literally supposed to come in for two days and still at half the woman that she was, she wound up getting a six month run out of it. And like, I was like, Hey, you know, maybe we could get you in as a producer maybe. And she was like, like she was getting back. Like I loving it. Like I'm, she was getting back in shape and like her brain was back in wrestling mode. And, but also think about underappreciated her time was during a pandemic and her run became up because of storyline. And when she left impact wrestling, it was in front of no fans. We never got to have that swan song for jazz. And I'm like, oh, like it breaks my heart. And like, I don't know jazz. Mark, would you say jazz is a hall of famer? Of course she is. Okay. Don't know if she'll ever make it. Is she held up in the regard, regard uh, of Alita and a Beth Phoenix? No. no. Within the WWE. And yes, I'm happy she did her stuff in the NWA. But even think about that. Like when she said goodbye, there was either like a snowstorm or there was something. There was a handful of people. And it was like, you know, thank you, Jazz. It, but like there was nobody really in the crowd. And it was like, this woman's greatest body of work was underappreciated. This woman's, you know, she literally was working a real job when the world should have been celebrating her greatness. Because we think about it now, we don't say, oh, she, they work like men. No, they work like wrestlers now. Yeah. And she, Tommy, was a, she was a trendsetter for all that. And that's why Jazz will perhaps, perhaps go down as the most underappreciated female of all time. Maybe of all time. Uh Tommy, what, what are parole officers? I'm going to turn into bully since he's not here. Ask questions that you don't, I know you don't know the answer to. What are parole officers? They're people who uh, have to, yeah. They have to deal they're, with they're, prisoners. They're, they have to deal with the dirty, the disrespectful, the criminal. And, and can Jazz I tell you something else? The spirit and the toughness to do that. I was down in New Orleans and I was talking with the commissioner because they asked if like Jazz was still here. I was like, no. I said, I love her, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, you know, I was part of a fundraiser for her. And I was like, wait, Jazz needed money? And they're like, no, we had a, a fundraiser for her to get a vest while she was working because there was none her size and the department wouldn't pay for it. So they had to do a fundraiser so she could wear something to protect her in case she gets shanked or shot. But guess what? She was still doing the job without that. And I, <laughs> I feel sorry for the son of a bitch <laughs> that's tried to take it to jazz. So, she, bro, you you picked a good one, Tommy. You picked a good one because we we've, we've talked about jazz on this on this very show. On and it's this not very about podcast. your peers. It's not about it's not about what the world thinks. It's about your peers, and I think everybody that's ever worked with you or been with you jazz uh, loves you, loves your work. And you're, you know how much I appreciate you, but so do a lot of the wrestling fans. I Most know I do. God, I hope she hears this. Love you jazz. And you know what the shame of it is, Tommy, cause you just said it. Cause she debuted in the WWE. I want to say around 2001 and by 2004, she was gone. Like you're talking about, you know, two and a half, three years. She was a two time, you know, WWE women's champion. Like, for somebody to make that kind of a mark, and I know she was with other organizations, but not nearly at the level where she was in the WWE. For for her to have the legacy that she's had in that short a period of time tells you how great she was. 
And what makes me really sad, and it breaks my heart as you were talking, Tommy, when you said that she became a parole officer really in the prime of her career. Like, you know, imagine if she wrestled now, you know, 20 years later. Like, if she was to leave the WWE, like, Impact, AEW, like, everybody, New Japan. Japan, Like, everybody would be, like, fighting to have her a part of their organization. Dave, can let me tell you a jazz story. Hang on one second. Uh, I, I wish everybody would just go back and watch her Impact stuff. Dave, she did it on two bad knees. And I would watch her grimace sometimes struggle to get up from the floor and then go back and watch how many times she kept on getting up that's pride and that's that's perseverance and and seriously like and then she'd always pull me aside just like she did when we just were starting and she's like how was it dream and i said stop doing things that are knocking you down or even in your own moves because you're starting you'll look old trying to get up And then she stopped doing that until people were knocking her down, but she was still there bumping and feeding on like two rickety knees that at any point could go, but she still like wanted her last run. Anyway, go Mark. Man, this was probably 2003. She absolutely hated the diva thing. Hated it. And Man, she was she was the best she ever looked at that time. I mean, that fine is. as hell. And Jazz was like a tomboy. <laughs> and they made her all up to do this big photo shoot. She had the the layered hair, feathered and everything, long hair down to her shoulders. And I saw her walk down the hallway and I said, oh my God, Jazz, you look great. And she turned and said, I'm wiping this shit off my face as fast as I can. And I went, all right, well, it's good to see you too. And if she froze me, I, I didn't want to say nothing else because I thought she was going to hit me. She hated it. And that's why probably a year later she was gone. They did not value how good she was. And she hated trying to be something she wasn't. She would always also go like, you know, it's all this T and A stuff. And she and I would be like, well, Jazz, you don't have the T, but you got the A. And she'd be like, eh. <laughs> Such a tomboy. Uh, guys, uh, th- this I think this has been an amazing uh, master's class because I love the way that we did it. Mark, with you uh, bringing up somebody from the present with the Serena Deeb and I still think uh, we have yet to see the best from Serena D because they are pushing her in a storyline right now as the professor. So I hope, I hope we see more great matches and some pay-per-view championship matches in the future in AEW with Serena D and Tommy. I think a great pick from the past with Jazz because one of my favorite moments as, as working as a professional talk show host and as just as a fan um, I appeared uh, at the Mission Pro Wrestling show with Thunder Rosa in, in uh, Buda, Texas. And I was staying about 90 minutes outside of Buda. And Jazz gave me a ride back to my hotel, 90 minutes away. And just sitting in that car with Jazz for 90 minutes, talking with her and getting to know her, 
maybe one of my most cherished memories that I have. The fact the fact that she drove me 90 minutes, so that's now like a three-hour drive for Jazz to drive because she had pity on me because it was 1 o'clock in the morning and I didn't have a ride back to my hotel. The fact that she did that and the fact that she like just spent the time talking to me, like she, I don't think people really know. Like, Tommy, you explained what a great professional wrestler she was. Mark, you talked about you know, her character and her personality. But I'm telling you, as a as a as just a great human being and the heart that she has, uh, I, I'm glad, Tommy, that you gave her those moments, even though it was during a pandemic with no fans. The fact that she got those moments uh, at 48, 49 years old, uh, I, I can't think of a better human being than Jazz. Seriously. No. And it's Agreed. February, a living, breathing Black History moment. Yeah, That's who seriously. She is, she is uh, an amazing woman. Serena Deeb, an amazing talent as well. Uh, thanks to everybody that tuned into the Masters class. You only get this exclusively on the Busted Open podcast. So make sure you subscribe, you comment. Also, you can listen to Busted Open Monday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation. Busted Open is part of the Sirius XM Sports Podcast Network. The producer is Gabby Laspisa. The associate producer is Andre Viola. Sound design by Neri Bailon. Special thanks to SiriusXM Senior Vice President of Sports Programming and Podcasting, the legendary Steve Cohen, and SiriusXM Fight Nation Program Director, Mother Marissa, Marissa Rivas. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.